Welcome to All Things Career Podcast. The mission of All Things Career is to provide the unwritten rules of success to people of color. No matter if you have a job or own a business, we want to share information and experiences that we wish we knew earlier in our careers. Minda Hartz is a workplace and equity consultant, and she is also a best-selling and award-winning author of The Memo and Write Within. Her third book, You Are More Than Magic for Young Adults, will be released in spring of 2022. Minda is a professor at NYU Wagner, and she's a frequent guest on MSNBC and featured on ABC News, Forbes, Fast Company, and Time Magazine. Minda is a highly sought-after speaker for companies such as Liberty Mutual, American Family Insurance, Nike, Google, and Salesforce. In 2020, she was named the top voice for equity in the workplace by LinkedIn. Minda hosts a live weekly podcast called Secure the Seat. And today, she's a guest on our show. Let's get more into the conversation. Right. Well, listeners, I am so excited for today's show. You heard the bio of this wonderful guest that I have on today, but wanted to take a moment and really just bring up light Minda Hartz and bring her on the show today to talk about racial trauma. April is Black Women's History Month, as we've already kind of talked about in the earlier episode this month, but really want this month to be our call to action as Black women to really heal from racial trauma in the workplace. And so Minda Hartz is a phenomenal expert. She has a book out called Right Within that talks just about that. So today we have her on the show and it's such an honor and a privilege to have her on today. So welcome, Minda. Thank you for having me, Kirsten. Honored to be here. Thank you. Listeners, I'm going to be referencing my book. I have lots of tabs here of things that I just highlighted and things that stood out to me, but wanted to start off kind of with some grounding as to why this topic is so important and why we as Black women have to heal from racial trauma because it does affect us in the workplace. So something that you talked about in the preface is you talked about when Breonna Taylor and Sandra Bland and Cynthia Hurd, when they died, you know, we talked about their death a lot, but also when they died, their careers died. And I love that portion and that comparison in the book. And I think I also loved how you talked about how Brianna Taylor had sticky notes all throughout her apartment. And that's me. I resonate with that. And so knowing that, you know, she was killed because of racism it's so important that we talk about how racism can kill our careers if we don't address it. So why is avoiding racial trauma more harmful than good? Yeah, again, thank you for having me. You know, it's interesting because for so long, I normalized the treatment that many of us have inside the workplace. And so when you start to normalize toxic behavior or treatment, micro macroaggressions, however you want to define it, racism, sexism, etc., you start to normalize it. So you realize that, oh, okay, well, this is just how it's going to be. That's the stories that we tell ourselves. And you don't realize that sweeping those things under the rug at the expense of your own well-being only harms you, right? It's like being complicit in your own oppression. You're saying, okay, I know I'm being harmed. It's not right, but this must be how it is. So I'm not going to say anything. And I think that many of us are just conditioned to go with the flow and not rock the boat. And when we hear that type of narrative, you don't realize that you can center your humanity, your dignity and your respect. And you can create boundaries to let people know what good looks like to you. 
right? But because we've been silenced, we don't even know what good looks like to ourselves. And so I think understanding the trauma that could be related to the workplace also benefits us because let's be honest, we'll say people will try to deem us as the angry black woman in the workplace, which is very rare that that woman ever shows up, right? It's the stereotype. But if we aren't healthy and whole, we take that home, right? And we could be the angry black woman at our house or or people don't get the best of us, right? Because we've been harmed. And so we take that home with us into other pieces of our lives. And I think it's so important that we focus on being right within being healthy so that we can be authentic so that we can do our best work. But if we've been harmed at every turn, there's no way we're going to be able to live our best lives by any stretch of the imagination. Yes. Yes. You talk about the book and it says, how are you going to win when you're not right within? And I think that's so true because even when I've been stressed or I've had microaggressions happen at me at work, it's so true. That affects how I show up at home towards my husband, my puppy. And so I think that's so important as to why, you know, we need to be intentional with healing our racial trauma because it will bleed into other parts in our lives. And for me, I tried to avoid it like, oh, that's not happening to me or, oh, they didn't mean that, but I got to get to the root of that because it's going to show up in other places in my life. And so this book really helped me validate my experiences and know that one, hey, that was a microaggression because a lot of times we try to sleep it under the rug or try to ignore it. But I think just avoiding it in all to what you said in the book is more harmful than good. And so going a little bit along those lines, another thing that you said in the book that has been ringing in my head literally every day since I've been coming back into the office is what Carolyn Johnson said when you were on a panel with her. She said, there is no such thing as unconscious bias, but unchecked bias. And I thought that was so good and a great way to look at it. So how do we dismantle those systems and stand up to systems or stand up to unchecked bias and we check them for people and systems that don't serve us? What are some things that we can actionably do? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think, you know, every year companies do the unconscious bias trainings, right? Or but then nothing else is required, right? We just do the training and we move on, but we never get to the root of the problem, right? Which is weeding out that behavior. And I think it's not enough to just have the trainings if there's no accountability for it to still keep showing up, right? And so I think that because we don't have direct conversations, courageous conversations with each other, then we never get to the checked part, right? It's just, oh, here's this thing over here. (laughs) And oh, that's just Tom being Tom. But We've never addressed Tom to say, you know what, Tom, that behavior is no longer acceptable in the workplace, right? It never really should have been. But now we're checking you on the bias because we all have it. Every single one of us holds some type of biases. And so we never get them out of our life if we don't address them, if we don't check them. And so I think part of us telling our truths as Black and Brown people, Black and Brown women in the workplace is holding people accountable even if the system doesn't, right? So what does that look like? It might look like giving ourselves permission to first just acknowledge that this is not okay. Because again, part of it is telling ourselves, oh, it's okay. It's not blah, 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 but it's harmful, right? It's harmful to us if you're constantly exposed to that micro or macro aggression. So even if no one else admits that it's wrong, we can affirm ourselves, right? We can check, we can check it ourselves. And then secondly, we have options. We might want to have a conversation. 
I know that you might not have meant harm when you've been touching my hair, but it makes me uncomfortable when you do that. And so I'd appreciate it if you don't do that anymore. Right. I get to create a boundary, right? It's up to you on how you take it, but that is harming me from doing my best work. And so I think part of it is what would it look like if we did check it? Because we already know what it's like when we don't. Yes. Yes. Another thing that you said in the book, there's just so many gems listeners. So I'm going to encourage you to read it. But another thing that you said is oftentimes people will challenge back and they'll be like, well, I'm bringing my authentic self to work. And so you're telling me that my authentic self isn't welcome because you're checking me on this bias that I have. But if your authentic self is hurting someone else, then it's not welcome in the workplace. And I thought that was just such a good revelation in the book. And another reason why we have to stand up for those biases and things that hurt our well-being and our boundaries that we set for ourselves. Going off that, you mentioned the affirmation pyramid. Can you walk our listeners through that, how it works and how they could maybe use that in the workplace? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. When I was in my former life, I'd find myself in situations being the only, right? The only Black woman, only woman, only woman of color. And When certain situations would occur, I'd be looking around the room for somebody to affirm me like, didn't you just hear what happened? Didn't you just see what happened? And nine times out of 10, 9.9 out of 10, nobody would ever say anything or do anything. They just move on like nothing to see here when we all know that that inequality had just taken place. And I get so upset with my colleagues for not showing up for me. And then I realized that, you know what, Minda? you can take the power back. You can actually affirm yourself. You don't need Chrissy to tell you that you've been harmed, right? Like, you know what disrespect feels like, you know that. So what would it look like to when it happens in the moment to take a pause, right? Breathe in, breathe out, because sometimes we just are very like, throw it under the rug, but let's take a pause. Let's number two, acknowledge that we've been harmed. Doesn't mean we say it out loud, but we're acknowledging it to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, Chrissy did do that. I'm not sweeping it under the rug. I don't know what her intention was, but the impact was hurtful to me And because you can't conquer what you can't confront. And so if we never say that this is the thing, we never name the thing, then we can never acknowledge it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what would it look like to acknowledge it to ourselves, right? Number two is documentation. You may not go to human resources. You might not go to your manager, but what would it look like if you document it for you? Release yourself because as you said before, sometimes we're in these situations and we're like, was it racism? Was it not? I don't know what this is. And let's document it, right? So then we're telling our truths. It's not, I felt this way in the last meeting. No, at 1259 in Zoom room five or in conference room A, this is what was said to me. And again, I may never use that to take it up the food chain. But for me, I can say, you know what? I'm not making this up. This was actually happening to me. And now actually I've noticed that it's happening every meeting that I'm in, right? Mm -hmm. So we actually have a paper trail of this. So if we ever did have to say it, we actually could name it and tell you exactly who said it and how it was said. And those are our receipts, right? The next part of the pyramid is redistribution. We have to redistribute that energy because one of the things that I found in my life Kirsten, was that I would ruminate on this situation, Mm, right? So the person says the thing, and now I'm playing it in a reel in my mind over and over, like I'm binge watching myself in this situation, and I take it home with me. I take it 
if you're working from home, you take it to the kitchen, you take it to bed, you're just constantly thinking about it. And that energy, that toxicity, that is that other person's baggage, we're now bringing it in our mind, in our mental health, in our bodies. And chronic stress could multiply itself in high blood pressure, chronic illness, et cetera, right? So if we hold on to somebody else's baggage, we don't need that energy because let's be honest, they've moved on. They're watching Tinder Swindler and Venting Anna. You know, they're not thinking about us anymore. <laughs> what would it look like if we release ourselves and put that energy into something else? Okay, maybe I need to work out. Maybe I need to meditate. Maybe I need therapy, but we have to release ourselves of other people's trash. And then lastly, affirming ourselves. What are those things that you need to tell yourself to fill yourself back up, right? You didn't do mm. anything wrong. You couldn't have worked mm. harder for that not to happen. <laughs> You know, you are your best thing. What are the things you need to fill yourself back up with? Because these workplaces will chip us down on occasion. So we have to be able to fill ourselves back up. And so, and right within, it was important for me to have resources and tools so that we can affirm ourselves in these moments when we feel like hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good. I think I wrote you in an email saying like, I already have the affirmation pyramid taped on my work desk and my home desk because something happened to me the Monday after I read this book for the first time, a microaggression happened to me. And it's so crazy because I think it's the one that you use in the book. I had on some rust pants, so orange, kind of the same color that I have on today. First meeting I walked to, this girl goes, fun pants. You guys love bright colors. And I said, am I in this book? Like, what is going on? Luckily, I had my affirmation pyramid. So I paused. I acknowledged what just happened. Did I document it? Oh, yes, I got a whole note tab now. And then I affirmed myself. I said, no, these pants are from Ann Taylor. They are very nice. They are professional and they're cute. And said thank you and went on. But I think that's so important, especially that last part about affirming yourself, because that was my first meeting of the day. And that could have trickled into every other meeting that I had. And so listeners, that affirmation pyramid is chef's kiss gold. And I recommend everyone to print that off. But going to the document piece later that week, my senior vice president, I had a one-on-one with her and she was saying, you know, how do you feel like people of color are adjusting to coming back into the office? Luckily, I had that document of what I had just experienced. And I was able to say, hey, this is a microaggression that I just experienced that I would not have experienced outside the computer screen. So these are the things that we have to consider when we talk about coming into the office, when we talk about the different experiences of our people of color. It's not going to be apples to apples. There's going to be some differences. And so that's just a pure example of literally the day after I finished the book of how I was able to put these recommendations and these strategies into practice to help me with my well-being. So listeners, if you're not already sold, please go buy this book. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that story because that is the truth, right? Like I I know for me, I'll only speak for me. A comment like that would have ruined my whole day. (laughs) It would have ruined my whole day. And now we take the power back, right? No, these are nice pants. I enjoy them. They're fun for me. I don't know what, again, I'm not going to reel what that person said and take that meeting to meeting to meeting, because now it's eating away at me and my mental health. And I'm so glad that you were able to see it when it was happening and say, you know what, I don't have to go down that same trail that I would normally go down because I'm taking the power back. So kudos to you. 
Yes, thank you so much. It probably would have ruined my whole day. I probably would have went home early, but because I read this book, because I had actual strategies that I could leverage, it dictated how I showed up in that situation. So kudos to you as well. The last topic that I want to hit upon before we move into closing. So we've heard of the glass ceiling, the bamboo ceiling, but the glass cliff phenomenon is something that really stood out to me in the book. Can you kind of walk us through that? And listeners, I will be sure to share kind of some things that I've heard of how this relates to the glass phenomenon. Yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. And typically, you know, we talk about advancing women in the workplace, but oftentimes, especially women of color, when we are advanced into situations, it's a crisis. A crisis has happened and now we get the promotion. Now we get to be the CEO or whatever the case may be, right? And it's unfortunate that they then think we're a viable candidate when everything has hit the fan, right? When we should have been a viable candidate before everything hit the fan, right? And so I think it's really important for us to look at when that's happening because that's a form of gaslighting because if you're being promoted into a toxic situation, they're not setting us up to be our best, to be most successful. And so I think we have to be very careful about some of these promotions that we're getting, not to say you don't take them, right? But understanding what are the things we need to ask for so that we can be best successful so that people aren't just putting us in these situations just to check a box. Yes, that's so real. That's so real. And a reason why I wanted to bring that topic up is a lot of our listeners have said to me, they said, Kirsten, like, I feel like I'm always walking into mess. I feel like I'm getting promoted, but I'm having to fix everything. And I think that is just perfect, like representation of what a lot of our women of color listeners are going through. And I think to your point, we have to be intentional about what we take. More money is not good money. What did they used to say? I don't even know if I'm getting it right, but all money ain't good money, right? right so right, we have right. to be intentional about what we do and where we dedicate our time. So thank you so much for sharing that. You know, listeners, there's a lot in this book that we didn't even get the chance to touch on with about therapy and healing and how to heal when you're in hell, all the things. But one thing that I wanted to close with before we go to our last question that we always ask our guests is that Minda writes that if there's nothing else that she wants us to get from this book, the one thing that she prays that we take away is that healing is your choice. Minda, thank you so much for sharing that and calling us all to action to really heal from racial trauma. At the beginning of our time today, Minda, I shared the purpose of our podcast. And our podcast is really to give the unwritten rules of success to professionals of color. So what would be that one piece of advice that you wish that you maybe received early in your career or something that helped you navigate your career journey? Yeah, again, thank you so much for your work and for having me. I would say that success is not a solo sport. I used to think that I could do it by myself or that I didn't need other people, that if I just worked hard enough with my head down, that I could get all the things that my career wanted. But I realized that you can have a good work ethic, but you still need people who are speaking your name in the rooms that you're not in. You still need to build a network, whether you're working from home or you're back in the office. And so think about who you need on your team so that you can climb that ladder and break all the ceilings and all the cliffs. Yes. Yes. I love that. Well, listeners, I will have both of her books. I know she's a third one coming out very soon. I will link that. Minda, how can listeners stay in contact with you, explore some more of your resources, and just learn more about who you are? Yes. Thank you again for having me. Go to mindahearts.com and connect with me on your favorite social media platform. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you again. You've been listening to All Things Career. Be sure to subscribe to learn more ways to increase your value. Don't let what you learned today go to waste. Leave a review. Let us know how you plan on using today's content to improve your career. Until next time.